Thanks for joining our online campus today for another sermon from the series Build, where we're looking at Ezra and Nehemiah, how God used the Jewish people to rebuild his temple and the priority that rebuilding the temple took place during this time. And so we want to encourage you to jump in with us as we're looking into Evangel and how we can build the church itself through the different things that we are doing currently with the Build series. And if God has touched your heart through this message and this sermon series, send us an email at connect.etag.tv. Or if you'd like to faithfully support this ministry so that many people around the world can hear sermons just like these, you can do so by going to etag.tv and clicking on the give link there. Now get you ready to prepare your heart for another incredible message from Pastor Gary on the sermon series, Build. stand please as we consecrate these offerings unto the Lord God says in his word in Malachi chapter 3 that if you will not rob me but if you will obey me and bring all the tithe to the storehouse to the temple he said because I want there to be meat in the house and then he says put me to the test the only time God ever says test me is dealing with your obedience with his tithe and offerings. And he says, put me to the test to see if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And God says, and I want everybody to hold up your hand to receive this blessing. He says, I will rebuke the devourer 
for your sakes. I believe part of that devour means in the realm of our health and our wholeness. And I want to tell you, God wants to allow healing to flow through the people of God so that you can be healthy, so that you can go to the workplace, amen, so that you can be productive. I will rebuke the devourer. He shall not destroy the fruit in your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts, and all nations shall call you blessed. Let's raise our hands over these offerings as we dedicate them and consecrate them. Father, we lay our hands on the giving of your people. God, as stewards, they have brought your tithe and offerings, O Lord, to the house of God, where we dedicate and consecrate these offerings. We realize this is a holy act of worship, and we take it as such, Lord. We know this is important, and so we dedicate them, God, for the furtherance that the name of Jesus be declared to the nations of the world. That Jesus be lifted up in this nation. That there be bread in this house, God, to feed hungry lost souls. That the eternities of people will be changed because of the faithfulness of your people. And we dedicate these offerings in Christ's name. And now we speak the blessing over your people. That they will be blessed coming in and blessed going out. And that they will be blessed in the field and in the storehouse. And everybody said amen. Please remain standing and continue to worship through this song together.
There's nothing more profound than Jesus loves you and Jesus loves me. Everyone stand for the reading of the word from the book of Ezra, chapter 1, sermon series, Build, part 4. God bless you. Thank you, worship team, and God bless you for your worship and giving today. There is a prayer calendar in everyone's Sunday bulletin to lead you through prayer this week. As we pray for a rise and as we pray for our church and revival in America, I'm telling you, God's doing something in this hour. And from Ezra chapter 1, everyone looking at the scriptures, in the first year, and this has been our bedrock text for this sermon series, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and he put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth. The Medes and the Persians, that was a vast empire. And he has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me, a heathen king was charged by God to build a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him. And let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord, God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. And whosoever remaineth in any other place where he sojourneth, let the men of that place help him with silver and with gold, with goods, with beasts, besides the freewill offerings for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and Levites with all them whose spirit God hath raised to go up and everybody say build. Build the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. And all they that were about them strengthened their hands with vessels of silver, with gold, with goods, with beasts, with precious things. Beside all that was willingly offered unto the Lord. You may be seated. In part one through three we looked at the background of a nation that had fallen into sin. And judgment came because of the sinfulness of those nations. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Historically, in 586 B.C., Jerusalem fell and the temple was destroyed. Everybody say 586 B.C. The city was ravaged. The temple destroyed. 40,000 people were taken captive for 70 years over into Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. God put signs to warn the nation that coming destruction would take place if they did not turn back to the Lord God. Much are the signs, many are the signs, I should say, that are taking place in our world, and yet not many people are reading the signs. The blood moon two weeks ago, friends, is one of the stark reminders as we uh, begin the series of four blood moons over the next 18 months, God is letting this world know. And there are further signs. The ring of fire that will be noted, that is an astronomical uh, uh, wonder that will take place across the nation of Australia, the continent of Australia this week on Tuesday. Uh, it, It is just in the heavens and on the earth. I Googled again early this morning the number of earthquakes in the last 30 days. God is shaking things and God is trying to get your attention, sir, and he's trying to get America's attention. And we're not here by accident in 2014. You're not in Evangel Temple by accident. You're not watching as a part of the online campus by accident. 
I believe that God has destined us to do something mighty in these last days. We are trying as much as possible to follow biblical pattern. And the people of the scriptures here rose up after the Spirit of God stirred a heathen king and then stirred their hearts to leave Babylon and to go back to Israel and go back to Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple. I want to tell you, God is behind building programs. Amen. And we have seen that here at Evangel Temple down through the years. He is behind the salvation of souls. God is not interested that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. And he's behind the building of the church as we explored last week. Old Testament, God was wanting a house so that he could meet with men and he could tabernacle, he could have worship conducted. New Testament, uh, God was behind the building of the church and Jesus started and built the church and he said, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. I want to tell you, uh, the greatest avenue to personal success, business success, spiritual success is support the things that God gets behind. Amen. And God is clearly behind souls and God is clearly behind the church. Amen. Point number one for today, beginning with chapter three, worship was restored. In chapter three, verse one, all of these captives that are released from Babylon get back to Israel and they begin to observe the feast. They built the altar. They did not have the walls of the temple. They did not have the roof of the temple. The first thing they did on the exact location, on the same foundation, they rebuilt the altar. They rebuilt the altar so that they could offer both morning sacrifices and evening sacrifices. I'm telling you, there comes a time that there needs to be a rebuilding of the altars in our homes and families. All right, you're getting quiet on me. We need to rebuild the altar of prayer, the altar of consecration, the altar of dedication, the altar of sacrifice before the Lord. Amen. I want to tell you what's happened in America is we've lost sight of the altar. We've got some beautiful edifices going on. We've got some ornate churches with all kinds of, of buildings and facilities, but there may or may not be the presence of God. There may or may not be the worship of God going on. And before they had a structure of a temple, they built an altar of worship. It says in verse 4, they kept the Feast of the Tabernacles, which is one of the main fall feasts. We'll study that this fall. We studied the three spring feasts. We're going to study the fall feast. And the fall Feast of Tabernacles was the feast, listen to this, of ingathering. You might want to think about that with these blood moons. It is the Feast of Ingathering. The fall feast have yet to be fulfilled. The worship of God was being restored in verse 5 or 6. They didn't have the temple, but they had worship going on. They didn't have the temple, but they had an altar to sanctify the giving of the people. Amen? They kept the feast, and they brought the willing offerings to be sacrificed. I want to tell you, uh, to restore America, to restore a nation, we don't just need beautiful facilities. We don't need ornate houses of worship. We first got to get back to the basis, basics, and we need to build some altars that people can bow and kneel before and worship God through. It is completely possible to have a building and not have true worship. Listen to me. I'm going to step on some toes right here. It is completely possible to sing some songs and not have worship going on. Yeah. 
You can have a tune in your mind, but it not be a worship tune that gives glory and honor to Jesus. My dad and I go to a, a certain restaurant every Sunday morning at 6 o'clock, and we have breakfast together. And we've been there for nine years every Sunday morning with the exception of a couple of Sunday mornings. And every Sunday morning for nine years, they play the same song. It's I've got a tiger by the tail. And I'm thinking, I, I keep asking Dad, how are we going to get spiritual listening to this song? Amen. I, you can sing some tunes and you can have some tunes in your mind and they not have a dab of do you of any spirituality or any worship going on. I, we need to sing some songs uh, that denote the Lordship of Jesus, that ascribe worth and honor and glory to a God that is worthy alone. Your tune needs to be a song of praise and worship to Almighty God. To rebuild a nation, we need to build an altar. And worship was restored in chapter 3. Before the temple was rebuilt, in chapter 3, verse 6, they brought an offering. Verse 7, they gave money to the workers. They paid the workers to work on the temple. In verse 8, they laid the foundations of the temple. I want everybody to look at chapter 3, verse 8. In verse 10, when they laid the foundations, when the builders, everybody look at chapter 3, verse 10. I want you to watch this with me. When they laid the foundations of the temple of the Lord, they set the priest in their apparel with trumpets. Everybody say trumpets. The Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, the king of Israel. And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good. Somebody say he is good. And his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. I want you to raise your hands and I want you to praise the Lord according to Ezra chapter 3 right now. Come on, everybody praise the Lord. He is good and His mercy endureth to this generation. His mercy endureth to my life. Amen. His mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And look at verse 11. And all the people shouted with a great shout. Pastor, I don't believe in shouting. I'm a quiet person will bless your silent little self because had you been there, it says all the people shouted unto the Lord. You know what? I think we've got too silent in the church. I think we've allowed the culture to influence the church and determine whether or not you're going to praise the Lord, whether or not He's worthy, whether or not He's to be glorified. I don't think we ought to allow the culture to determine what worship is all about. It says the people, all the people shouted with a shout unto the Lord. I want everybody to stand. I want everybody to stand right now. And I want you to lift up your voice. Come on. Shake off that quiet little self. Shake off that quiet little self. The Lord be praised. Hallelujah. It says in verse 13, they could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off. 
I want this world to know that there is a church in Jacksonville, Florida that praises God. I don't care what they think. I don't care what they think downtown or in Washington. We're going to praise the Lord. In chapter 4, hindrances came. How many have ever been attacked by the enemy? Everybody ought to have your hand up right now. They were doing a good work for the Lord and hindrances came. And so the hindrances caused there to be a cessation. There was actually in chapter 4, verse 24, a proclamation that suspended the work on the house of the Lord. And that work was suspended for 15 years. The work did not go on. I want to tell you, the devil wants to stop what God's doing in this hour. If you go silent on Jesus at one of the most important times, it's be, you're being used by the devil to stop the work of God. The people needed to continue to worship the Lord, needed to continue to work, needed to continue to believe God. But they went silent and the work was suspended. For 15 years there was no work. And so God had to stir up things. And how did he do that? He stirred it up through two prophets, Haggai and Zechariah. I'm telling you, friends, God has given a sure word of prophecy. And the prophecies were for the advancement of the cause of Christ. I want everybody to look at chapter 6, verse 14. This is important. Everyone see this. Because what God has been doing at Evangel Temple, you're going to see this in just a moment. Chapter 6, verse 14, And the elders of the Jews, they began building again. Look at it. And they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Iddo. Two prophets stood up and were used by God and began to prophesy, Thus saith the Lord. What America needs right now when the church has drifted into a complacency and the church has become apathetic in this hour, unable to influence a culture. I want to tell you what God means is for salt to be savoring. What God means is for light to dispel darkness. And there's something happening in America when 375,000 churches that supposedly name the name of Jesus Christ and we're not having a savoring effect. Light is not backing up the darkness. I believe there needs to be revival in the church. I believe the work of God's been suspended, but I'm asking God to raise up some Haggai's, to raise up some Zacharias, that God will raise up some men and women in pulpits across America that will preach, Thus saith the Lord. When an evil emperor, Cyrus, over the Medes and the Persians, heard the word of the Lord from Jeremiah, it stirred him to build the temple in Jerusalem. I'm telling you, God has sent some prophets this way since January. And those prophets have prophesied. Tommy Bates has been here. Jim Rayleigh has been here. John Kilpatrick, Dan Kalinda, four men that we value and esteem in this pulpit. And I began to write notes and take notes of things that they prophesied standing right here. I could have put it on an iPad, but I was just writing it on cardboard. Amen. Amen. One of them stood here and prophesied that Evangel Temple was entering a season of supernatural breakthroughs. 
One of them preached that as long as you've got meal and oil, the miracles are going to continue. I'm going to tell somebody needs to bake a cake for the prophet. Amen. In baking a cake for Elijah, in taking a step of faith, God wrought a miracle for a mother and a son that were on their last meal with their last two sticks. And God caused a miracle to abound. And somebody needs to bake a cake for a prophet. I'm fasting Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, so don't bring no cakes. When the brook dries up, it was declared, God has something better. If God did it before, and these are all words that were spoken right here. Somebody's, this is going to get to somebody in just a minute. If God did it before, he's going to do it again for you. Someone's going to get a brook in your time of drought. When you give, you're opening the door for the next time in your life. It was declared to us on the Hebrew calendar, which is God's calendar, not the Gregorian calendar, the Hebrew calendar, this is the year of Aendelet, the year of the open door. And if it's the year of open door on God's calendar, I want to be on God's calendar. That God was going to scatter our enemies, amen? And that we were to arise and shine for the light of God's glory would be upon us. And Gentiles would flow to the light. And that the light would be seven times brighter. And things that did not work would begin to supernaturally work. And that it was a day of a brighter day. And that the ox and the donkey could not and would not plow together. That we are in You're going to let that sister praise the Lord by herself. Come on, everybody stand up on your feet and just raise your hand. Come on, lift your hands and praise the Lord. Lift your hands and praise the Lord. He's worthy. His mercy endures to this generation. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It was prophesied over this church, you may be seated, that we would enter 100 days of new, and this is day 58. Somebody say day 58. That we would step into the Jordan and the Jordan would roll back. God never called his people to do something that he did not supernaturally take care and provide. They did not have the ability, the wherewithal to leave Babylon and to go back and rebuild a temple, but God worked in every area that needed to, he needed to to cause it to take place. And I'm telling you, I don't know how God does this, but friends, he's working with Evangel Temple, and there have been prophecies over this church. Brother John Kilpatrick has seen some things, and he's told me on several occasions, he has called me and called me and called me this spring. And he keeps saying, I've never seen this concerning other churches. One, one particular situation that he's seen over his church, he said, I've been in so many hundreds of churches, and I've never seen this. But this church is entering a time of God's supernatural supply and blessings upon this fellowship. He's called us to arise. Everybody say arise. And he's called us to build. 100% of this congregation voted in the vision. Voted in the timing of the vision. You don't get many 100% votes, amen? You do if the Holy Ghost is behind it. 
Your attendance next Sunday is very important, and I'm asking everyone to be here. I'm asking everyone to be here. You committed with me four weeks ago today that you'd be here for five weeks, and thank you for being here. I want you here next Sunday. It's going to be a day of great celebration. I want everybody to take a step of faith. As Phil said earlier, it's not about equal giving. It's about equal obedience that everybody can take a step of faith with God. And you can give God an opportunity to do something really big in and through your life. I celebrate all of the people that down through the years have taken steps of faith. And I applaud all of the adults. You know, three weeks ago we, had, we brought the babies in. That was an incredible sight. You know that last Sunday on Easter Sunday there were almost 500 babies and children between the nursery and the children's churches? Amen. I was thankful I wasn't working the nursery last Sunday morning. Amen. We had the, the teens stand last week, and Phil was watching our program online. He said, I couldn't believe the number of people, the teenagers and young adults that stood in this congregation. I want everybody that's 30 years of age and older, I want you to stand right now. Wow. Wow. Could everybody give them a hand? Amen. Even give yourself a hand. That's incredible. That's incredible. You may be seated. I'm going to ask you to stay with me for five more minutes. I want the worship team because I'm asking for, I need your help. I need your help. Next Sunday, we're going to pass out a commitment form. This past Friday night, we had a banquet. We had, uh, last Sunday, there were 2,762 people in morning worship. It was an incredible crowd, a great Easter Sunday. We ministered to over 6,000 people on Easter weekend. And God allowed us to touch a lot of lives. This past Friday night, 350 people, give or take, somewhere right in that number, because I don't know how many servers exactly, but right around 350 people were in the gymnasium. Everyone was invited. But about 350 came to represent a part of this congregation and to take an initial step of faith and to make a commitment. And Friday night, we, we hadn't even planned to take an offering. And just at the last minute we were closing the banquet, my dad said, we're going to take an offering. And he had a check in his hand. Well, when he held up a check, I said, we're going to take an offering right now. Amen. I had, because it wasn't about taking a check. It really wasn't. And we didn't even have it on the order service. But when he held up a check, I said, I'm going to take an offering. You got a check? We took in $20,000 just boom, right off the spur of the moment for a rise. But wait a minute. Friday night, $800,000 was pledged for the next two years just in the group. On, and somebody... Come on, we need to give the Lord praise. $800,000 on Friday night from a portion of this group. From a portion of this church. I want you to be seated. A lady came to me. She said, Pastor, I was here Friday night. And I, I turned in a pledge form, a commitment form. And she said, God spoke to me when I got home. I need a new pledge form. I'm not going to be here next week. I want to fill it out today. A brother came to me and said, Pastor, I want to give my first fruits offering today. And he handed me a check for $5,000 for first fruits offering for next Sunday. I want to tell you, God is creating an ability in this congregation to be a part of something he is doing in this hour. 
And God is stirring this congregation. And God is moving in every heart. And we're not asking for equal giving because God has everybody at a different point and different place. But you know what? You need to believe in his church. The first thing I would ever do is I support the church above anything else I support. Because I believe in what Jesus said, I will build my church. I see the church in the Old Testament, the church in the New Testament. And I'm telling you, I support the church before anything else. Because I know what the church is doing. And he said, there's, you know, there's a lot of great organizations, but he's going to build his church. But I want to encourage you to pray this week. We're having three days of fasting, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. It is a total fast from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m., meaning you can eat before 7 and eat after 5, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. But it's a total fast except for liquids during the day. I know many have situations where you need to drink liquids, but three days, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, then we're going to have 12 hours of prayer. You've been needing a breakthrough in your health? I want to encourage you to come pray. You've been needing a breakthrough? Come pray. This sanctuary will be open for 12 hours next Saturday from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. We'll have our normal Saturday night 6 o'clock prayer. There will be someone here in charge at every hour. No matter what time, if it's early in the morning, midday, you come by for an hour of prayer. And then next Sunday is going to be one of the most incredible days. We're going to show some video from what happened 16 years ago. We were under the big tent exactly, exactly 16 years ago next weekend. We were out there under that big tent exactly 16 years ago next weekend. Just like we had the banquet on Friday night, it was 16 years ago. And those, those children came in marching Several hundred children are going to come in here marching next Sunday. And they're bringing their little rise banks. And we're going to have a celebration. It's going to be a glorious day. But, you know, and everybody's gift and giving is between you and God. And you know that. You know how we handle that. But I want to give you an opportunity to take a step of faith and give God reason and opportunity over the next two years to do something incredible in your life and in your family. He does that. He does what moves his hand is steps of faith. And some of you have been needing something, whether it's a healing or deliverance, or you've been needing something from his hand. I want to tell you, you have to take steps of faith to move his hand. One of the sisters called me and she said, Pastor, you need to come see. It's harvest time down on our farm, and the, the harvest equipment is functioning and they're reaping the harvest. And this was this week on Thursday. And the, the trucks are backed up to allow the harvest to be put in to be sent to market. You know what? There had to be planting 90 days ago. Some people want to reap where they've never planted. They want loved ones saved. They want help. They want healing, but they've never planted. God's asking you, this is a time of planting. And friends, His word will hold true in your life. The prophecies are too many. His word is too clear. Your breakthrough is about you moving God's hand and getting God's attention through your steps of faith. When Peter stepped out of the boat, he walked on the water. Just don't ever take your eyes off of Jesus. I want everybody to stand, and next Sunday we're going to receive a first fruits offering because up till Friday night we had zero dollars to start, and we've already engaged the architects. 
And uh, I said that, made that statement in the early service, and one of the sisters said, hey, we gave offering Friday night, and I know what I gave, so I know you got some money, amen. Well, we do have some money from Friday night, amen. But there's a first fruits offering next week because we want to build and pay cash for what God's called us to do, amen. God not called us to go in debt. And so I'm asking everyone to join us at a level of faith at wherever God puts you. For 37 years, my wife and I have invested in every single thing this church has done. And you have to look at your life over a long period of time. And you have to look at your, your, the blessings of God. But I'm telling you, as you're faithful to God, you're going to see. You're going to see the increase in the goodness of God in your life over the long period. Amen? And I challenge you. We have to have people, you know, everything people ever did for God, they had to develop. God gave them a strategy to do it. There was a strategy to rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. And God gave us a strategy to raise the $2 million plus dollars that we need in 24 months. And we put that up on the screen, and we need people at every level. And as Phil said, whether you're at the level of $2,000 or we need people that will give fifty dollars and $100,000. And there are people in this church that can do that. And you don't need to feel bad if you're at the level of 2 or 5 or 10 or 15. But wherever you are positioned in life, you have to be faithful in that position because... You're not, you're not asked to be faithful at another position just where you're at. Amen? Is that the gospel or is that the gospel? And God's called us all to do something mighty and to do something in a huge way to affect the eternities and the destiny. How do you put a price on 1,000 people that stood on this pulpit or this platform for three nights a month and a half ago and received Christ? A thousand souls. How do you put a price on these altars being lined last weekend, Friday night, up in the gym, Saturday with the outreach, and then Sunday all day long, these altars just filled with people coming. How do you put a price on those things? I'm telling you, what God is doing is stirring people up for this end-time harvest. And I want every head bowed and every eye closed. And I want Jennifer to lead us in this worship song. And we're going to make a fresh consecration and dedication. We've already had an altar call for salvation in this service. Come on, everybody sing this. How great is our God. Everyone sing it now. to worship. Come on, lift your hands and worship all across this room, up in the balcony. Come on. How great is our God. Is our God. 
still move the emperor, the president, the national leaders, mayors of our cities, governors. to do what the people in Ezra chapter 3 come on lift up your voice lift up your voice it'll do you good to praise the Lord it'll do you good to lift up your voice it'll do you good to praise him for his mercy and his goodness it'll do you good to thank him for his salvation in your life come on lift up your voice everybody across this room hallelujah we bless you Lord we worship you Lord God, with the anthems being sung in heaven, with the reverence and worship in heaven, we ascribe all glory, praise, and honor to you. You alone are worthy. You alone are worthy, O Lord. Hallelujah. Now, Father, sanctify your word. You've called us to arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. You said darkness shall cover the people and gross darkness would come. But you said the Lord shall rise upon thee and his light shall be seen upon thee. And you said Gentiles will flow to that light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. And everybody receive that in Jesus' name. 
And Father, we pray over Pastor Rayleigh and the important sermon that he's going to preach tonight, addressing one of the most sensitive cultural issues that denominations have given into, Christians have backed away from, and yet your word speaks very clearly for the church in this hour to be the salt and be the light. And so, God, I pray for that service tonight, that it will be a powerful time of revival. God, as we love people, but, Lord, we honor your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Hug at least five people.